With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. As architects, uh, uh, we have always to remember that it's not about our ego that we want to show off. We are doing something where we put our creativity, but we are not the user, the final users of our building. There's not one single minute wasted. Everything is about experience, it's about excitement. We are creating memories. This is Finding Founders, a podcast showcasing the vibrant entrepreneurial spirit of Los Angeles and our journey to find the founders responsible. I'm Samuel Donner, and today on the show, we talk to Luciano Maza, international architect and designer of H-Club in LA. The H-Club started off as the brainchild of Paul Allen, global philanthropist and co-founder of a little company called Microsoft. And he created this idea with musician Dave Stewart. But Luciano, who's been an architectural entrepreneur for the past couple decades, brought that idea to reality. Luciano currently is Director of Hospitality Architecture at HKS Inc. in London, and his experience designing hotels and luxury resorts includes projects from the Four Seasons to Shangri-La. Luciano describes architecture as the balance between elegance and efficacy. But for Luciano, it's those intimate personal aspects of architecture that are most important. Luciano thinks deeply about the people he wants to serve and the buildings he designs aimed to guide emotional reflexes using space. Empathy is paramount to understand the emotional reflexes of various cultures. And in pursuit of this multicultural empathy, he's worked everywhere from Los Angeles to London. Luciano has had an extensive career, and he's indebted to the myriad of cities that helped to cultivate his creativity and empathy. But probably most impactful was the city where it all started. One of the most beautiful and storied cities in the world. The vibrant city of Mantua, Italy. I grew up in this city, which is beautiful. It was very normal for me to work uh, in this city where 80% of the city is at least 500 years old, where there are paintings and beautiful monuments and the culture level is amazing. It, became, it has become very, very normal for me to be judging beautiful buildings. You feel inspired from every corner, from every stone, from every tree, whatever is composing the city. Everything is inspiring and beautiful. And then you grow up with this type of, of culture. Well, let's say that it's something that you really start to appreciate a bit later in life. Growing up in Mantua, Luciano was practically raised by the city. He was constantly surrounded by art, culture, and architecture that shaped some of the most influential creatives in history. Every building was steeped in layers of culture that compounded to create a city that just feels alive. You can look at a building and understand the history of that culture in which it was created. And all the passion and creativity that went into the fabric of Mantua during the Renaissance allowed Luciano to flourish hundreds of years later. 
Well, Luciano was fascinated by every form of art and creativity, there was one profession, one art form that stood out to him. But to be honest, when I arrived to the age uh, 18 to decide which type of university, which course, I really was inspired about uh, every form of art, every form of creativity. And then I found that Faculty of Architecture in Venice was the one that was offering me the wider range uh, of studies uh, that were covering many aspects of creativity because uh, it was not only about buildings and about architecture, but it was about uh, scenography, it was about uh, history, it was about uh, aesthetics. Uh, so. That was very, very appealing to me because I really hate to just have been focusing on one aspect of life. I, I love to embrace all aspects of life and all aspects of artists. So architecture was the most natural choice, uh, giving me the opportunity to embrace uh, creativity in its widest aspect. Luciano chose the profession that would expand his horizons past what even he could imagine at the time. Luciano isn't the type of person to get comfortable in whatever small niche is most likely to succeed. He wanted to challenge himself, to learn and experience as much as he could, to make a profound impact on the world around him. To do that, Luciano looked beyond Italy. So I started to do my profession as an architect with very beautiful jobs uh, in Italy the first three, four years. Very lucky because uh, one of these jobs was also the design of uh, the new factory for uh, the sport car Bugatti. And lucky enough that uh, I ended up also designing part of the car. That was a beautiful experience. Immediately after university, I felt that I had to do something not only in Italy, but out in the world. And then uh, I loved the idea to apply my creativity and what I learned in a classic culture like Italy in different parts of the world. Despite the beauty and success Luciano found in Italy, he was itching to broaden his experience and impact. With a design job at Bugatti fresh out of college, Luciano could have easily thrived just where he was, but he felt constrained. He didn't simply want to succeed. He was compelled to explore and grow. So he made the decision to leave the continent. His destination, Sri Lanka. And then when he went to Sri Lanka, I met a monk that he was the best writer about the Buddhism in the world, which was a German guy. He was a Christian, he converted and he became a Buddhist and became the biggest authority in the world of Buddhism. So one day I decided to go there and to visit him. And I then started to understand a lot of things. Everything started to click. And I think this was because he was explaining me Buddhism not from someone that was born as a Buddhist, but he was explaining Buddhism through his eyes, though from a Christian that founded Buddhism. After meeting this monk and explaining me his experience, it's like entering in a dark room and then suddenly trying uh, to touch the walls, you find the switch and suddenly you get light and everything is clear in a moment. The same happened to me. And so that was for sure uh, something that changed my life. Uh, 
and for sure it changed also my approach to architecture in general, that's for sure. Basically, Buddhism is not a religion, really, it's a philosophy. The, the way Buddhism looks at life, it's in a very scientific way. You have a problem, then you try to find the origin of the problem. When you find the origin, you can find the way to resolve the problem. It goes well with architecture, because architecture is made out of numbers, is made out of proportions, is made out of uh, symmetry and non-symmetry. So Buddhism, uh, it helped me to look at solutions, to look at uh, creativity in a very balanced way, uh, always trying to find uh, a solution to a problem. You are a good architect, uh, not only if you design something which is beautiful to the high, but something which is also useful. For instance, if I design a, a wonderful chair that looks astonishing, but then when you sit, you're not comfortable, after two, three minutes, you want to get up and find the sofa, then I'm not a good architect. I think uh, balancing uh, aesthetics and beauty with the functionality is what made a good architect. And then uh, for sure, being Buddhist uh, and combined with a, a typical classic uh, Italian education, I think they helped me a lot uh, to find uh, expressions uh, which are meaningful and not just uh, beautiful. Just like architecture, Luciano describes Buddhism as a marriage between science, culture, and philosophy. A philosophy centered around finding solutions. And I think Luciano's interest in Buddhism is telling of his goals and attitude upon entering Sri Lanka. I think it's easy for a foreign architect to enter a new country and slap the design customs and thus cultural identity of his motherland over whatever cultural design preceded it. Luciano didn't do this. Instead, he came to Sri Lanka with the wide-eyed, honest curiosity of a child. He came as an eager student, without ego. Despite his extensive education in one of the artistic capitals of the world, Luciano was completely open to the art, culture, and history he found in Sri Lanka. And while practically everything there was almost alien to Luciano's tastes, he didn't judge the country on a scale of familiarity. Luciano had the humility to fully appreciate the environment and culture of the people for which he was designing. This mindset presented an opportunity to foster meaningful connections with his clients. But through the design, I developed an incredible, very deep friendship with this client, which now is one of my best friends, if not my best friend for, for many, many, many years. That's an aspect that I always remember, because as architects, we have always to remember that it's not about our ego that we want to show off. We are doing something where we put our creativity, but we are not the final users of our building. One of Luciano's great strengths is his ability to empathize. Luciano makes the effort to understand the lives and environment of those he's designing for, which enables him to create architecture centered around those people. He sees architecture as more than just physical structure. He sees it as a way to impact the lives of those who inhabit and traverse those structures. Luciano was able to bring light into the Sri Lankan people's lives through his work in a time where levity, inspiration, and light were sorely needed. 
issue is the final stage of the battle between government troops and the Tamil Tigers, or LTTE, which saw hundreds of thousands of civilians caught in the crossfire. While blame was leveled at both sides, the Sri Lankan government had to answer allegations that it Before 1983-1981, when everything started, uh, the Tamil community and the Sinhalese community that are the majority of Sri Lanka, they were living perfectly together. And then, for political reasons, for many other complicated reasons, they started this unrest. Uh, and what they've created uh, was uh, this... Uh, climate of uh, uncertainty and terror because they were uh, trying to to ask for an independent um, state in the north part of the island and uh, but instead of choosing to have a dialogue uh, uh, they started to have these uh, suicide bombers uh, that were targeting strategic uh, places so and the one that uh, I experienced personally was a huge suicide bomb into the central bank of Sri Lanka where it was 1000 kilograms of explosive that created of course a lot of destruction and a lot of loss of life. Till today, I remember very clearly uh, the tremors in the building, the glass uh, going everywhere, people running. Uh, but something that I could never really explain to myself, uh, I never felt uh, the urgency to say, oh, I'm done with Sri Lanka, I'm going back to Europe. Uh, it's difficult to explain. And uh, starting living there, you become so attached to the country and to the culture that uh, you don't want to escape, but want to be there to help uh, the others and try really to find a way to go back uh, to the uh, peace, uh, uh, peaceful and beautiful country that was before this uh, separatist uh, war. They were happening not known to the public, and I felt it was my duty, in my capacity, apart from being architect and rebuilding, but as much as possible to find a solution that could get back the, the country on track. Luciano had fallen in love with Sri Lanka. It had become his home. He had integrated himself into this world. He had a family. He was in the thick of the madness. Those without purpose might find this wildly overwhelming, but Luciano has purpose. His art form, his life's mission is to spread comfort, love, and efficiency in his designs. He is emboldened by his ability to find solutions to the toughest problems. However, he would come to find that there were some problems that even he couldn't solve. After the birth of my daughter, I came back to Europe around 2001-2002. It was uh, two reasons. On one hand, uh, there was a shift in the government of Sri Lanka. The government was encouraging uh, foreign investment, uh, investment uh, to, let's say, open factories or open hotels in Sri Lanka. So as an architect, I knew a few clients of mine that they were saying, we are not sure about this government. We are going to move operation in Vietnam. We are going to move operation in Philippines and so on. And then on the other end, I've been away from my Italian side of the family for a few years. So I said, okay, my daughter is born. I've been spending a few years here. Maybe it's good to go back to Italy. With the birth of his daughter and increasing political unrest, Luciano decided that it was time to leave behind his exciting but increasingly tumultuous life in Sri Lanka. 
Luciano had become a pillar of the community. He was as sturdy as the buildings he had designed and had worked his way into the very foundation of the country. I mean, how many of you can say that you have close ties to any ambassador? But now he had a family to think about. While he wanted to be a part of the solution for Sri Lanka, it was time to leave the home he had built to return to a familiar, more stable life. What I realized pretty soon is that, uh, of course, uh, work was not a problem because I started to work again back with that famous architect, which I started my career with Bugatti with. I realized that it was a bit too comfortable. It was a bit too obvious. It was a bit too easy doing things in, in Italy, in Europe. Being on the edge, uh, like I was in Sri Lanka, and even uh, the, the fact that in Sri Lanka I was one morning dealing with a, a Japanese client with a mentality. And then in the afternoon I was dealing with a German. So the fact that I, I had to be flexible and adaptable to different culture in a country that was having a difficult situation. It made my brain running a thousand kilometers per hour every day. And I realized in Italy I was just cruising very quietly and I found it boring. I started to grow up very uncomfortable with that whole situation. Luciano had an easy life in Italy. The clients flocked to him. He had a steady stream of money rolling in. However, he find the work incredibly dull. And I'll admit, it's hard for architects to exercise creativity within Italy because the architectural history is incredibly rich. Can you really improve on the Panthenon? Or are you really going to try to remodel the Sistine Chapel? But beyond architectural history, Luciano had a personal history in Italy that was hard to evade. He was imprisoned by his success in Italy. So he ventured somewhere he could stretch the limits of his creativity. I came across the opportunity to, to try to, to, to work as an architect in London. I always seen London as a, an incredible point uh, where different multicultures, different races, different religions uh, was a, a melting pot uh, that I found always fascinating. For me, it was uh, pretty exciting. And so I didn't think twice and I jumped on the wagon. Well, it was uh, immediately exciting from day one because uh, after a few weeks that I started to work in London, I was already in traveling. I had a project in Ireland, project in Portugal, and then after a few months, a project in Egypt. Uh, it was a dream come true. It was, again, it was uh, finding again uh, the challenges of dealing with different culture, different religions, different histories, different country, and uh, jumping from country to the other, which for me was comfort. The challenge for me were comfort and uh, they make me feel alive and, uh, and useful. In London, Luciano found just the environment he was looking for. It was the perfect blend of cultures, allowing him to explore a multitude of ideas and granting him the opportunity to dive deep into the minds of people who were nothing like him. 
Each day, he was met with new challenges. His clients would come to him with tangled webs of half-formed ideas, cultures, and motives. And not by not, Luciano would unravel them, eventually presenting them with a beautifully designed building that met all of their demands, while still throwing his own creative flair into it. And out of all of these projects, there is one that particularly stood out to him. Vietnam, for some aspect, is a tropical country with a lot of similarity to Sri Lanka. This project, it's a huge project, which is in a beautiful mountain area. But the idea was that in this beautiful land, we were trying to have a cultural center, hotels, we tried to have a golf course, we have to have a congress center, we have to have... It was about to convince them that we were not trying to corrupt Vietnam, but try to be sensible and to open up the country to a new future for uh, Vietnam. To be able to communicate uh, your creativity but also your sensibility for uh, the country through a very rigid organization like the Communist Party, that was uh, quite fun. Uh, You have to show that you study the culture, you study the history, and naturally you're putting your creativity into the soil uh, which is uh, comfortable for them. And then if you are respectful and if you are sensible, you can show them uh, ways of doing things that maybe they were not thinking of, but because you have done in a sensible way, then you can be accepted and they can open up uh, their heart, their soul, and make you do things uh, that uh, they were not imagining even a few years ago. This project embodied so much of what Luciano loves about his job. He was back in his element, working with a new culture worlds away from anything that he knew. He studied this distinct communist culture, probing their brains to uncover previously unknown motives behind their vision. By researching this alien country, he was able to ensure that his creative vision wasn't interfering with their aims. This idea reminded me of the story of Michelangelo's David, and I think this will give context to Luciano's work. The massive hunk of marble was worked on by two sculptors before reaching Michelangelo's hands. Aside from clearly being inferior to him in skill, the sculptors failed to fully listen to the intentions and wishes of the mayor of Florence, who commissioned the work. Consequently, they were doomed to fail from the beginning. On the other hand, Michelangelo took the time to attain a full understanding of what was being asked, not just artistically, but emotionally. He made sure the mayor felt heard in all his requests, even pretending to chisel a little more off the nose when the mayor said it was too big. In reality, the nose was the perfect size. However, by allowing the mayor to be heard, he was validating the commissioner's emotions, which were just as important as his artistic integrity. Michelangelo was able to fulfill his client's wishes to a T. He fully understood the context in which he was sculpting. Consequently, both his desire for creativity and the mayor were satisfied. Luciano fully understands and appreciates the importance of listening to the ideas, and more importantly, the motives behind the ideas of his clients, and has thus seen immense success. His unparalleled ability to understand and empathize with his clients has enabled him to complete incredible works of art. 
hospitality architecture uh, is not about architecture, but is about people. When we design an hotel, when we design a resort, the, we are creating memories for the guests that use that hotel. So somehow architecture is not a protagonist, uh, it's the background to facilitate uh, the flow of emotion and the flow of memories. They make you want to go again and again in that place, make every moment that you spend in a specific resort an unforgettable one, something that you treasure for life. Hospitality architecture is, uh, is going into the mind of uh, the guest, of the tourist, and trying to make sure that in the moment you leave uh, the gate uh, of the resort, there's not uh, one single minute wasted. Everything is about experience, it's about excitement, it's about emotions, it's about uh, laughing, it's about crying, and architecture instrument is instrumental in creating the perfect condition for you to have these feelings during your stay. For me, it's, it's the power that architecture can influence the, the human being and the human soul. It's pretty remarkable. Luciano found his home in hospitality architecture. What better way to utilize his sixth sense for empathy than to create structures that speak to a wide array of people? He uses a supernatural ability to read people's emotions and physical needs, develops a structure that caters to those needs, sprinkles some of his own creativity to advance the art form, and voila. He creates the perfect masterpiece that encapsulates not only his vision, nor just the vision of his clients, but the visions of all those who will come to visit his buildings thereafter. Forever a student, Luciano didn't stop. He recognized that he was starting to get too comfortable. And if there's one thing I've learned from speaking to Luciano, it's that he's not a man of complacency. He is perpetually seeking discomfort. And so he began to develop an entirely new idea. The Edge Club uh, was born through an uh, intuition, an idea from uh, Paul Allen, and uh, he had this uh, fabulous idea to create a home for the creative industry, mm. and he called it the Edge Club. Uh, he was very successful, and then at some point, uh, Paul started to imagine that uh, this idea could be exported, and the first city that came to his mind was, of course, uh, Los Angeles. So I started the details of few buildings in, around Hollywood, around Los Angeles. I started to study at it. And then uh, I came across uh, to the building that was the Redbury Hotel in front of a Capitol Record uh, buildings. Uh, I went through it and I said, uh, I believe that uh, this uh, can be it. I have this very vivid memory of my first uh, interaction with Paul when uh, he came to London and uh, very secretly because every time he moved uh, there was a lot of people that wanted to talk to him so we had this very secret uh, type of meeting. He came dressed very very simple no more than $40-$50 dollars worth of dress. You couldn't guess that he was one of the biggest billionaires in the world. And uh, I did my presentation. At the end, uh, he told me, 
said, okay, Luciano, I, I like what I see, but I want to know only one single thing. Are you sure that with this building we can make a great club, a great project? I said, yes, I'm sure. And he said, okay, it's all I need to know. And then uh, after one or two days, I received an email where I said, uh, the building has been acquired. Now you can start uh, to do the proper design. The project is on. With Paul, it was about designing. It was about the architect designing an environment for other creatives to express uh, their creativity. It was about trying to expand what does it mean for a musician, what does it mean for a painter, what does it mean for an actor being creative and to make an environment where they can flourish and become the, to the best. That was uh, the beautiful challenge that uh, I got from Paul Allen. Luciano helped turn Paul's dream into reality. He believed and understood Paul's vision and wanted to actively contribute to it. While Paul's legacy is sure to live on for any number of reasons, Luciano believes that an environment that encourages creativity is a fitting homage to Paul's legacy and spirit. And uh, it was amazing the fact that he could find uh, his uh, own time to dedicate to the project uh, because he was really in love uh, with, uh, with the concept. It was uh, uh, a special bond that he had uh, with the Edge Club. Unfortunately, he died in October and uh, the club was open in February the following year. We did something that uh, was uh, true to his vision and uh, it was going to be part of his legacy. I like to think that for the creative community of Los Angeles, the club we remain for long is promoting a lot of young talent, and this is exactly what Paul wanted. He wanted to, to encourage unknown artists, young people, to feel comfortable and to flourish and to make their name and keep the flow of creativity coming to Los Angeles stronger and stronger and stronger. So he probably he will be proud of what we have done. Together, Luciano and Paul succeeded in building a community that allows creativity to flow unstymied. Professionals from a wide variety of fields can come together to explore and develop new ideas. But Luciano believes that more goes into the development of a community than just a building, no matter how expertly designed. What has been uh... My belief in all my career is that uh, listening is the base, is the foundation for everything. And when you have listened to the people, then you can direct your creativity uh, in, a, in a proper way, making sure that it's going to amplify what are the needs of the community and make them flourish and make them be happy. Speak to people. Listen to them understand their environment, understand their culture. It all boils down to empathy. And I think that we could all use a little more empathy right now. Think about it. The last time you were having an argument with a friend or even just a conversation with them, how deeply were you actually listening to them? 
I was completely engaged, you protest. But were you? Were you taking the time to fully understand what they were saying and the context under which they were speaking? Were you just listening, albeit politely, nodding your head, maintaining eye contact, and interjecting with the occasional, "Uh uh-huh, so that you could come back at them with your earth-shattering, exceptional, superior opinion? Were you listening to understand or listening to achieve something for your own benefit? Luciano listens. He really genuinely listens. Beyond listening, he scrutinizes the context and cultures that his clients and, and just people are approaching him from. By empathizing with and taking the time to fully understand people's desires, he can allow his creativity to flow under any context. Let me be clear. Empathy doesn't mean that you're being weak. It doesn't mean that you're giving in to the other side's demands or even agreeing with them. But it does allow you to find common ground on which you can build together. And that's just what Luciano has done. I hope you can too. This episode was a blast to put together, and I want everyone who was part of putting together this episode to tell you what they did. So without further ado, here's the Finding Founders team. Hi, my name is Adrian Tapia, and I was the lead producer for this episode. Hi, my name is Sophie Davies, and I helped write the script for the voiceover. My name is Charlotte Isidore, and I worked on the editing and helped write the script for the voiceover. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Bowen, and I helped edit and make the voiceover script. Hi, my name is Dharma Shah, and I helped edit and add music. Hey, my name is Luke Riggin, and I edited part of this episode. My name is Sahaj, and I helped edit and find music for this podcast. My name is Maddie Boson, and I helped edit this podcast.